It's September 26th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories today. Far-right leader Georgia Maloney has claimed victory in Italy's election and is on course to become the country's first female prime minister. Miss Maloney is widely expected to form Italy's most right-wing government since World War II. Miss Maloney's right-wing alliance, which also includes Matteo Salvini's far-right league and former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's center-right Forza Italy, will take control of both the Senate and the Chamber of Deputies, with around 44% of the vote. Earlier this year, she outlined her priorities in a raucous speech to Spain's far-right Vox party. Quote, yes to the natural family, no to the LGBT lobby, yes to sexual identity, no to gender ideology, no to Islamist violence, yes to secure borders, no to mass migration, no to big international finance, no to the bureaucrats of Brussels. In my opinion, the ultimate price of inflation is having governments overthrown and we're seeing that across the world. It should not be shocking to us that in times of financial fear, people turn to answers that seem easy and are putting themselves first. This means that the best thing that policymakers can do if they want to avoid democratic backsliding and the election of more far-right extremists is to handle inflation. People in Russia's Dagestan region have clashed with police in the latest protests against Moscow's call-up of 300,000 military reservists. Over 100 people were arrested during protests in the regional capital, OVD Info and Independent Russian Human Rights Monitor said. Dagestan is a mainly Muslim region of Russia with a higher death toll than any other province in the war. Recent analysis by the BBC's Russian service showed that at least 301 soldiers from Dagestan have died, 10 times more than in Moscow. The true figure is likely to be far higher. While large protests have taken place in major cities across Russia in recent days, with more than 700 people being arrested on Saturday alone, the images of Dagestani demonstrators fighting with police marked a rare outbreak of violence against authorities. U.S. attempts to violate Iran's sovereignty over the issue of protests triggered by the death of a woman in police custody will not go unanswered, the Iranian foreign ministry said this morning, as the biggest unrest since 2019 showed no signs of abating. The anti-government protests are the largest to sweep the country since demonstrations over fuel prices in 2019 when Reuters reported 1,500 people were killed in a crackdown on protesters, the bloodiest bout of internal unrest in the Islamic Republic's history. Iran has blamed armed Iranian Kurdish dissidents of involvement in ongoing unrest in the country, and Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps launched a new artillery and drone attack on Iranian militant opposition bases in the Kurdish region of northern Iraq. A main Iranian teachers' union called for teachers and students 
to stage the first national strike since the unrest began. Elsewhere, a 90-year-old Catholic cardinal and five others went on trial in Hong Kong on Monday over their role in running a fund to help people arrested in large-scale anti-government protests three years ago. Cardinal Joseph Zen, who is one of Asia's highest-ranking Catholic clerics, was first detained in May this year for colluding with foreign forces under a controversial national security law that Beijing imposed on Hong Kong to clamp down on dissent. The fund helped pay medical and legal bills for arrested protesters during the 2019 anti-government demonstrations. It ceased operations in August 2021. If convicted, he faces a fine of up to $1,274, but no prison time. Olaf Scholz culminated a two-day trip to the Persian Gulf region by signing a gas deal with the United Arab Emirates on Sunday. Amid Russia's halt in gas deliveries to Germany and skyrocketing energy prices in Europe, Scholz traveled to the region to secure alternative supplies for his country's energy-hungry economy. Scholz signed a contract for delivering 137,000 cubic meters of liquefied natural gas, which is supposed to arrive in northern Germany at the end of this year, according to German energy provider RWE. The delivery will thus likely come in time to help Europe's largest economy to overcome a gas scarcity this winter and deal with the fallout of what Scholz has described as Russia's energy blackmail. The UAE deal, which also includes additional liquefied natural gas deliveries in the coming years, comes at a fixed price and is therefore more advantageous. Scholz recently said that his country will come through this winter. At least 29 people have been killed due to a cholera outbreak in several regions of Syria in what the United Nations has called the worst outbreak in the war-torn country for years. Rapid assessment testing confirmed 338 cases since the outbreak was first recorded last month, with the bulk of deaths in cases in northern Aleppo province, the Syrian health ministry said in a statement today. The UN this month said the outbreak was believed to be linked to the irrigation of crops using contaminated water and people drinking unsafe water from the Euphrates River, which bisects Syria from north to east. The UN has made an urgent appeal for funds to control the outbreak, as well as approvals to ensure timely delivery of life-saving medicine and supplies. Cuba held a rare referendum Sunday on an unusually contentious law, a government-backed family law code that would allow same-sex couples to marry and adopt, as well as outlining the rights of children and grandparents. Cuba holds parliamentary elections every two years, though no party other than the Communist Party is allowed, but seldom has it held referendums on specific laws. President Miguel Diaz-Canel, who has promoted the law, acknowledged resistance as he voted on Sunday. Quote, Most of our people will vote in favor of the code, but it still has issues that our society as a whole does not understand, he said. Results of the referendum are expected today. 
In lighter news, a gray seal that wandered into a Massachusetts pond and evaded authorities' attempts to capture him turned himself in Friday after waddling up to the local police station. The gray seal first appeared earlier this month in Shoe Pond in the city of Beverly, northeast of Boston. The animal is believed to have traveled to the pond from the sea via a river and drainage pipes. The seal quickly became a local attraction and was even named Schubert after his chosen pond. The seal was quickly corralled by a team of wildlife experts, firefighters, and the police department's entire midnight shift, according to a Facebook post from the Beverly Police Department. Schubert appeared to be in good health and was a little sassy in the early morning hours, the department noted. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Angela Stent, author of Putin's World, about the latest news coming from Russia. If you aren't a member of the DSR Network, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.